This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. Before we hit into our next segment, I want to invite you to visit our website, realpresenceradio.com, for even more great content. And even uh, you can listen to programming from your local area. Find a podcast if you missed one of the of the daily shows. Uh, you can submit a prayer intention and see the latest cancellations, announcements, anything like that that has to do with uh, parishes near you. And uh, be sure to check it out. It's realpresenceradio.com. We are broadcasting from St. Andrew's Church in Brainerd, Minnesota. Father Daniel Weiske is with us. I'm Deacon Dan Goshi. And uh, we are awaiting the arrival of Father Tony. We had him on the phone, but we hung up on him and... <laughs> now he's now he's trying to get a no. We we told him to to put the phone down because the audio wasn't great and to to drive on over. He's well, you just know we're neighbors. Away. We're neighbors. Yeah. yeah. So we see each other a lot, but this is, is it's a big day, really, mm-hmm. uh, and it's one of those times when you know. And he's a big extrovert, like well, like many people. Uh, man, there are going to be all kinds of parties and celebrations, and of course that's been you know uh, thrown off by the pandemic and all the restrictions. But mm-hmm. here's a guy that has plenty of experience as a priest. Mm-hmm. You know, he, um, well, actually, he was my first pastor, you know. That's right. So you were he, assigned he to... He was my uh, first boss as a priest. First boss. And then uh, two years later, we swapped offices and swapped houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, I, I was put in this parish, or St. Matthias, St. Andrews, and he uh, remained at St. Francis and All Saints in this area. And, um, yeah, so we had to swap houses and swap offices. Who got the better house? Um, you know, it's interesting. I liked the one that he is in now. Mm-hmm. It was built in the 1880s. It has mm-hmm. this kind of fun uh, stone cellar mm-hmm. that someone out, got rid of the mold and kind mm-hmm. of made a, a room you could use. Um, but uh, a lot of character in that house, mm-hmm. uneven floors. and mm, Fun. Yeah. But uh, here, where I live, he loved the house. That, see, he's the one that bought the house that I had the church buy the house okay. that I live in. All right. Yeah. He, he missed it. The bishop, yeah. when he called me about the assignment <laughs> six years ago, yeah. Bishop Sirb of Happy Memory, um, said, Yeah, well, the one challenge is probably that I'll have. He told me he's probably getting Father Tony out of that house. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we're human, I guess. You know, there's, he obviously he willingly moved. Right, right. Well, uh, at the time, Father Tony was the pastor of five churches and the school, right? Right. Four parishes, and there's the okay. summer chapel at, yeah. um, up by the resorts um, near Gull Lake. Um, so, yes, it's true. I remember when, when we were uh, meeting in strategic planning several, maybe ten years ago by now, I suppose. For our diocese. For the diocese. And uh, <clears throat> at one of our deanery meetings, he, you know, the, the, the facilitator of the meeting was asking us in our very first meeting to kind of list our hopes and fears of what would come out of these mm-hmm. of these meetings. <clears throat> and he said, my, um, my hope is that in the near future, I won't be the pastor of five ch- parish or five churches and a, and a school. That was his hope. My fear is that he will still be the pastor of <laughs> that. That was his fear as oh, well, sure. that, yeah. that, uh, that things weren't going to change, but things, things did. Yeah. And, and so uh, after some years they changed in yeah. 2014, yeah. the mm-hmm. bishop had changed. Some places are definitely clustering, being brought into five or six parish clusters and other dioceses and ours, there's still some, some combination happening, but here, given the proportion compared to the rest of the diocese, they did separate out um, these four parishes into two separate clusters. And mm-hmm. that still um, remains the case. It still makes sense, again, given kind of the proportion of priests to people, that kind of ratio. And, mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, Father Tony, he's got quite a story. He was ordained in 1995, 
he, like Trevor, who Deacon Trevor, who will be on later, uh, wasn't just uh, join after high school and go straight through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he entered uh, a seminary. I think it was after a couple years of college. We'll have to ask again. But then he stepped out for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. He had some um, things he wanted to work through, some discernment to do, and he worked, I think, as a credit union. I think like a loan officer. Okay. And then came back to seminary and obviously, you know, persevered and. Um, but he's ordained in 1995, as you can guess, if you know how to do math. Mm-hmm. And, some uh, ciphering. Mm-hmm. I know how to do some ciphering. Yeah, and yeah. His, his seminary experience, too, is very different than, than ours. He's quite a story. He grew up in a Polish family. His parents were refugees from Poland. Okay. Um, into St. Paul, beloved city, mm-hmm. your hometown. My right? hometown. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they, well, I'll, he can share that, but they, they had quite um, difficult journeys. We'll just sure. we'll say that sure. for now. Uh, if you can imagine you're in World War One, growing up uh, in Poland uh, or being uh, um, deported to the kind of torturous places that you could be deported to by the Germans or the Russians. And uh, so he grew up in a family that knew suffering, but also mm-hmm. knew faith. Mm-hmm. And um, went to seminary in a very different time than, let's say, Deacon Trevor or, or I did uh, in terms of the, um, we'll say, the type of formation or the particular uh, ways that they approach teaching things. Mm-hmm. Um, just persevered and through many challenges. A great priest. So, um, big personality. I'm sure he's on his way. He's very timely. Does he have a white pickup? He's extraordinarily punctual. And I am always like one minute ahead or right on time. And oh, I see him pulling up. I can see we have, I'm in my office here. Yeah, I can see him yeah. out the window. Okay. Um, so this, we'll see how he handles yeah. uh, being late. Not Think, that he was late. No, no. But... Right, but it'll be it'll be a, 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 an interesting study in, in yes in uh, yeah. So we all have our different personalities. That's you know, right. Priests are That's all right. different. Mm-hmm. We're all hopefully following Jesus Christ. He has chosen us, called us with our different gifts, but <laughs> we each have our different gifts <laughs> and personalities, as you know. Yeah. And Father, uh, he's the visionary type. I'm the detailed type. We work sure. well together. You work well together. Yep. And there here he is. is. There he Father is, Father Tony. Oh. happy anniversary. It, the email said. Just grab the, the headphones. To be at, so. Sure, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, we get it. Oh, that might work. That'll work. Look at that. Can we hear you? I don't know. Can you? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Good, good, good. <laughs> All right, good. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 25 years. Feels like only 24 and a half, I'll bet, huh? Well, depends upon the day. <laughs> uh, today, it's just uh, a bit... Uh, <clears throat> Unbelievable that it's already been 25 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Well, besides working with us, um, what are your what are some of your favorite memories of these years? I mean, there's got to be so many. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> there are so many. I mean, I, I, my memory first goes back obviously to my ordination day. I was in the religious community at the time called the mission, called the missionary abbots of Mary Immaculate. Uh, and they didn't have a cathedral, obviously, and so I was ordained at my home parish in St. Paul, Minnesota at St. Casimir's Church. Um, nice old Polish church on the east side of St. Paul. Uh, and it was uh, quite the day Archbishop Roger Schweitz ordained me. Uh, he is actually a son of the parish as well. Mm-hmm. And he would end up being my first bishop in Duluth because my first assignment was in Duluth mm-hmm. as well. Um, I remember that my mom and I had decided on, I think, 250 invites for the day. Mm. But there were 500 people that showed mm-hmm. up. And my mom and dad fed every one of them after the ordination. I did say to uh, then Bishop Schweitz, now Archbishop Schweitz, I, I was a bit nervous. 
And in the vestibule of the church, just before we began, I said, how about you just lay hands on me right here? We'll go to the dinner. We don't have to <laughs> worry about the rest of this. But as it is, it was a beautiful day. In fact, I was ordained to the day, uh, uh, the same day as another son of the parish was ordained, uh, 60 years to that day. Mm. Uh, Father Surgat, uh, he was a, a very good priest, great man. So parish had, has had 15 priests from the parish. Mm -hmm. So mm. I was the 15th. Beautiful. Yeah, it was a good, good day. But since then, so many memories. Um, being able to be here in Duluth, um, uh, most of my priesthood, mm -hmm. uh, my first assignment with Father Andy Knopp, mm -hmm. a priest from Poland, mm -hmm. uh, was down at the Shrine of Our Lady of the Snows for three years, then back in Duluth and have never left Duluth. Um, I was a, incarnated, in fact, into the diocese as a diocesan priest in 2007. Right. Now, when you say Duluth, the diocese of Duluth, mm -hmm. right, but 2007 you were incarnated, and at the time Bishop Schnur, yes. what did he do? He had plans for you. <laughs> <laughs> Bishop Schnur, now Archbishop Schnur of right. Cincinnati. Right. Uh, yeah, no, he was a very is. Uh, he's not dead. He's a very good administrator. Um, but he told me he, for years I was discerning uh, whether to incarnate the diocese of Duluth. I always felt called to parish priesthood. You know, being a parish priest. And the abbots of Mary Immaculate, God loved them, but they were making decisions to go away from being in parishes. Uh, and so I had uh, some decisions to make. I prayed about it, discerned about it, maybe seven years. And uh, Bishop Schnur uh, kept on saying, whenever you're ready, you know, I'll take you. <laughs> and then finally, about a year before, so in 2006, I made the decision that, yes, I needed to incarnate. And he told me right away that fall, well, I'm sending you to Brainerd. <laughs> uh, and as it was the following summer, that's exactly what happened. And I've been here the last 13 years, so right. more than half my priesthood has been here in Brainerd, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. For which many of us are grateful. Yes, you were my associate from 2012 until 2014. Mm -hmm. And over those years, I'm sure you've seen a lot of changes, uh, just <laughs> developments in the local church. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! You know, I, I sometimes wonder. Um, you know, if I knew back in 1995 all the different things that we'd be facing uh, as priests, as a society, uh, sometimes I think, you know, would I have run? <laughs> mm, right. But of course, the Lord prepares us for um, all eventualities, and so He prepared us well to face some of those huge changes we've seen in society, in the church. I mean, our poor little diocese has faced so much turmoil, mm -hmm. uh, most recently with the death of our beloved bishop, Paul Serba. And mm -hmm. so, somehow though, the Lord has been there and has helped us weather it. I I oftentimes think that, that he prepared me well uh, because he prepared my parents well. You know, they were immigrants to this country, uh, refugees from World War II. Uh, Father Daniel knows my mom. Uh, and her family were in concentration camp Dachau, and my dad was, uh, as a child, sent to a Siberian camp with his uh, family, and somehow they made it, and they ended up coming here to this country as refugees. And what they taught me was that faith and family, that's it. If you have that, you have everything. Mm -hmm. 
And so the Lord has always been there for me. Sometimes I've said, you know, okay, you could do a little bit better making it known sooner to me. (laughs) Uh, But in the end, looking back, uh, he's always prepared us well for everything, including the so many challenges that we've had in the church, uh, even most recently. Mm-hmm. What are some, some of the positive graces that you've seen then, like the last few years? Just things that maybe you didn't expect in 1995 that are good and beautiful. Oh my gosh, I would have never, I would have never thought that I would actually be a diocesan priest uh, back in 1995. That was not my intention, that wasn't what I was thinking, but then I, again, I never would have... Um, I never would have predicted all the changes that would happen, even amongst the Oblates of Mary Immaculate here in this country. They had five provinces, they amalgamated to one, and the decisions that were being made in 97, 98, 99, that were changing the direction that the Oblates would go. And then, of course, then my situation, really feeling strongly called to be a parish priest. Uh, that was how I got to know the Oblates of Mary Immaculate. Um, so uh, so the blessing to be a part of this diocese um, is unbelievable. The other thing, too, is the priest that I've been able to serve with all these years, from my first pastor, Father Andy Knopp, who's originally from Poland, uh, to all the associates that I've had um, here. Uh, I've always learned something from them. That's the other thing. Um, it's not just that they were assigned to me and they had to learn everything from me. I've always tried to be open to what I could learn from others, and I have. Uh, and I've had some good friendships from them. Uh, and the Lord has consoled me in so many ways, even in some of the difficulties. So, um, yeah. And then here in Brainerd, where the church is alive, where Father Daniel knows we've been working on a, a program, a three-year program of adult faith formation and evangelization to keep going so much of what's been happening here in the Brainerd area. The church is is so alive here, and uh, we have so many faithful people here. Uh, it's a great blessing to be able to serve in a place like this. Mm-hmm. Um, it really makes one's Catholic faith um, be something that I'm so grateful for. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. And in that faith and in the challenges that have come, I was interested in hearing... How have, how have you learned to work through your sufferings? And there are sufferings that everyone has, but as a priest, you work with so many people and there are sufferings that you can't solve. Mm. You yourself have crosses to bear. How, you know, in the last years, how have you worked through those sufferings? Oh, <laughs> well, I think, uh, first of all, when I look back on my life and some of the most difficult moments of my life, uh, even though I might not have felt it at the time, looking backwards... I've always seen that the Lord has been walking with me, sometimes carrying me. So when I'm in the midst of those difficulties, I remind myself of that and say, yeah, he is here. He's here and he's helping me. Just like he helped my family get through the worst of it, uh, and he's helped me. And so that's the first thing. The other thing is, um, I don't know that our society talks about and really, uh, I don't think they talk about acceptance as being something that's a good. There are things that simply cannot be changed. There's things that I don't have any control over. And so uh, we're supposed to be able to accept them. I mean, the Lord accepted his cross. 
so willingly uh, as a great example to us. And the reward in doing God's will is, is unimaginably good. So crosses are a natural part of everyone's life. And if we try to fight them <laughs> or say that, no, no, uh, no, I don't have to deal with this. I think we end up having even more problems rather than less. But if we can find a way to accept those crosses, carry them well, um, you know, just like the scriptures say, where those are being applied towards the sufferings of Christ as well. So I think there's a, my background is Polish with a name like Wroblewski. Both my parents were born there. And it's been oftentimes said that the history of Poland has been one that's been compared to the suffering Christ. That even the nation itself uh, had been on the cross for so many years and the suffering that it faced. There's a lot that we can learn from that. So much that we learned from St. John Paul in the time that he was our Pope. And hopefully there's been some lessons there. I think it's, it's a cross current. Huh? Our, our society says do what you want. And even if you can't, then you can change even your body to try to look as though that's what you're supposed to be able to do. But that's not the truth. The truth is that God has made us, <laughs> that he leads us, that sometimes he allows suffering in our lives. But there's always a reason and there's always a good that's going to come of it. And so we need to find a way to accept the things we can't change. Um, and then go forward, carrying them the best we possibly can. Mm -hmm. That's what I've learned in life, because uh, fighting them never works. <laughs> <laughs> you never fight. <laughs> well... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You're listening to Real Presence Live. I'm Deacon Dan Goshi. Father Daniel Weiske is here, and we are um, talking with Father Tony Robleski about uh, 25 years as a priest. Mm. And I wonder, Father, um, if you talk a little bit about what led you to the priesthood to begin with. Oh, my. Well, I, uh, we, I grew up on the east side of St. Paul. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, being living literally across the street from the church, uh, I went to the Catholic grade school. I was a server. Uh, since I was across the street, if uh, <laughs> if there were, were servers, that, that was handy <laughs> all the time. And then they had two uh, morning masses. So one was, I can't remember the exact times. One was about 8 o'clock. The one that I remember was about 6.30. Mm. And we would have to serve the entire week. So mm. it was easy for me to just could roll out of bed and <laughs> end up going there and serving. But I loved it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely loved it. And then, of course, as kids, we played Mass. And remember those big TV consoles that we used oh, to sure. have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That became our altar, you know, oh, cool. and uh, the whole bit. <laughs> and, of course, I was always the priest. Now, my older sister will tell me that, um, that when I was 10, she knew I would be a priest. But I would say that, really, I didn't really... Um, give it serious thought till I was uh, going to the University of Minnesota. Um, didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Mm -hmm. uh, did a come and see weekend with the Oblates of Mary Immaculate. They're the ones that staffed St. Casimir since 1916. So those are the only priests I ever knew. Uh, and at the end of that come and see weekend, I just made a sudden decision to go to their college program. And once there, I had a, a piece that Maybe the priesthood is for me. I went through the college program, went through the novitiate, uh, two years of graduate school, so theology, but I still wasn't ready. So then I left, 
And during that three years away, um, the Lord really touched me. It was actually at Mass. Uh, I lived not far from St. Thomas University in St. Paul and was going to Masses there because uh, it was very convenient <laughs> both time and uh, distance. And I had this just incredible experience. It was during the fraction rite, during the Lamb of God, and the precious blood was being poured out, his body was being broken, and I got this very strong uh, message from the Lord saying, you know, don't you understand? My body is being broken here. My blood is being poured out for you. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to be perfect. In fact, I will use your brokenness to feed others. And it was so strong that I really had no choice but to pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. It led me back to the seminary, and I've never looked back. And I've always felt very strongly since that moment that this truly was my call to be a priest. The one thing that never went away, though, was the parish priesthood. So I went back with the Albuts of Mary Immaculate, ordained in 95, but then they're going through all these changes in 97, 98, 99. Um, I was uh, assigned back here to the Diocese of Duluth by the order to be a pastor in Duluth in 2001. And as a pastor and getting back into the uh, to the diocese and working in the parish and working with a uh, spiritual director, I really said, okay, this is what you want. This is what you want. And boy, once I made that decision, I've never had more peace. I've never had more peace. Mm -hmm. hmm. Let's try that again. That's my phone. Oh, it thinks you're Googling something. That's funny. <laughs> that was my phone. Oh, nice. Technology. I hate technology sometimes, but in any case, beautiful moment I'm talking about, and my phone yeah. goes off. I apologize for that. But anyway, so, yeah, and I've never looked back. I've had such peace, such knowledge that I had not had previously. Um, and it's just a, a, it's an amazing thing to do. For so many years, I, I wondered, is this right? Is this right? Is this right? After ordination or before? Even, well, before, certainly. Mm -hmm. But then after ordination, I felt, yeah, this is great. I'm called to be a priest. But there was still something that was not right. And then they, uh, then the Oblates assigned me down to the Shrine of Our Lady of the Snows. Mm -hmm. And I did a lot of administration. And I didn't have a regular worshiping community. And boy, that sent turmoil into me like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. And uh, But, you know, worked through it with a great uh, priest, uh, Sacred Heart Priest in St. Louis. And... Uh, then came back and I was like, okay, Lord, I guess you're showing me again. Mm -hmm. I, 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 it's not what uh, St. Teresa of Calcutta had, which was a call within a call, but maybe it's something similar that I discovered mm -hmm. uh, even within the call, what I was specifically called to. How's that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, there may be some folks listening or, or, or they have family members uh, Either they themselves or have family members that are are pondering the priesthood. Maybe sure. maybe they're in seminary. Maybe they're you know yeah. in the early stages. What what kind of advice would you would you give about uh, people who are discerning? Oh my, I would say a number of things. First of all, pray. Do not um, not pray. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and when you're praying, when you have to start to pray, normally we do prayers, huh? Mm, pray right. the rosary. Right. Pray prayers. The hardest thing at first, I think, is, but also spending time listening. Mm -hmm. uh, that's really important, because <laughs> if you don't give time for the Lord to speak, 
um, then then I don't know what you're going to do, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to priests that you trust uh, and find out what uh, that life is like. And then finally, you can only do so much discernment on your own. Um, you really oftentimes need to be able to move to the next level. So if you're in contact with a priest uh, and he suggests contact with a vocation director and maybe even going into some sort of uh, seminary program that's the early stages, um, don't be afraid to do it. Uh, St. John Paul said, be not afraid. This life is an amazing life. Um, sometimes society will tell you otherwise because mm-hmm. we're so countercultural now. Let me tell you, it's been a fantastic life. I've gotten such joy, and I can't imagine my life any other way. If you're following the Lord's call and He is calling you to be a priest, follow that call, give it a try, even if it means giving up a few things in order to be able to discern, because in the end, uh, you will never, ever regret it. I can guarantee you. Now, a lot of younger priests look to you for encouragement, advice, mm. ask questions, and you're kind of a mentor. And looking back on 25 years, what might you say? Um, any advice you'd want to give in general? You know, right? to the young priests. Yeah, yeah, you got a future young priest standing behind you here. I see. Yes. So. Well, I, I tell you, I would say, um, don't lose your enthusiasm. Uh, uh, be idealistic. Uh, um, uh, you know, reach for the stars, if I can say that. Don't be afraid to try things. Don't be afraid if your superior, your uh, your bishop, asks you to do something that you never thought you'd do. Let me tell you, in 25 years, that's happened to me a great deal. And also, don't try to engineer your future. Allow the Lord to lead you. And oftentimes, that means through your appropriate superiors. Uh, because sometimes if you do what you never thought you'd do, it's going to be an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely an amazing thing. So those are a few things. That, you know, don't lose your idealism. Mm-hmm. And what can help us to stir up, you know, through challenges, let's say, you stir up hope to keep that idealism? Talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's funny, but I guess that's what a lot of them do, isn't it? At least in our diet. You know, I, I, I just think that, no, the Lord will help you. <laughs> the Lord will help you. And, and you know, even uh, at 57 years old, um, I still have this idealistic streak. I still think some things can always be better, and people can be more faithful, and we can evangelize more people. And to have that attitude and say, Lord, put me in there. I want to go in there. And if my bishop says, I want you there, well, then do it, because you'll never regret it. Mm-hmm. Never. Beautiful. Well, thank you for your years of service in our diocese. It is a great gift to our diocese and all of us and to your friendship to many of us and Mm -hmm. um, teaching and example. And I'm sure there are many parishioners that uh, are just filled with gratitude, even if they can't express it in person today. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully one day we can. And Oh, and now we're being encouraged to have you give us a blessing. I would be happy to. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father Tony. Appreciate that. Thank you. All right, up next, we're going to visit with a newly ordained transitional deacon. Deacon Trevor Peterson sits down with us to talk about his recent ordination and what's next for him right after the break, right here on Real Presence Live. 
This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. <laughs> 